the Michigan three-point shooter, Luke Hancock, and he's done it to the tune of trying to get his team on the lead. And up ahead, to Siva. Oh. Hello, and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris. Uh, how you doing, Gabe? I'm doing good, Chris. It is Selection Sunday, so and this like, <laughs> feels a lot better than last year where we didn't have anything to celebrate. So I, I feel pretty good. feel pretty good. Good, man. Yeah, it's a totally different... Um... <laughs> It's a totally different feeling compared to last year. That's for sure. I feel like it's been a little while since we've talked, but I'm really excited to talk about Louisville, you know, facing off with Mott Stopman because I think that's a real storyline here. That is a real story. DJ Mott's uh, making his return against his former team. You know, nothing about the coaching staff has anything to do with the storyline, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, just really, you know, a, a senior who wanting to make a statement, you know, wanting to make a statement in this first round. Uh, of course, Chris, we're talking about Louisville being the seventh seed in the East region, uh, going up against a 10 seed Minnesota out of the Big Ten. And this is a big story in this area, my understanding, for a coaching coaching staff, I think, Chris. You know? <laughs> That's apparently what people say. I'm, I'm just happy to see a guy, a kid that did it the right way, you know, get an opportunity. <laughs> uh, a bunch of kids that did it the right way, get some opportunities to win some games in the tournament. But there's, there's some coach we got to talk about. So Yeah, we got to yeah. talk about the fact that Richard Patino Patino is involved. Louisville versus Patino. Patino the younger. Um, Richard Patino's Minnesota Gophers uh, going up against the Louisville Cardinals and Chris Mack. And man, uh, just the, <laughs> the the committee, man, the committee going to committee. They got to create the storyline. And instantly yeah. all I saw on Twitter was just like Patino versus Louisville. Like, I mean, oh. I think it's kind of hilarious because I, I mean, they, they kind of just like deny the whole thing. Um, always that they don't really try to, you know, create storylines when it's just clearly, it's like, just clearly that way, man. That they do my overall thing is though i it seems to upset Louisville fans a little bit more than i thought it would i get yeah. that it's annoying yeah. but i don't understand why i would really bother you because if you want to look at a guy if you look at ripetino um and i mean you can have your opinion about whatever you want but you could say that he's a big reason why Louisville's in the position they are in. So why would you not want the opportunity to take it out on his son and then see a tournament? <laughs> I mean, I, I look forward to the opportunity. I want you to embrace the hate and want to go beat Minnesota by 10, 20 points and be amped up for the opportunity to play them. Yeah. I don't understand like this whole, like the idea that the NCAA is trying to take a dump on Louisville by making them play a Minnesota team that isn't very good. Sure, yeah, like it's not like we're talking about it's not like we're talking about Louisville being a, you know, a six seed who's playing an 11 seed in, in Minnesota. That's very, very good and much. You know, maybe they were seated too low. It, it's like the committee went out of their way to create this matchup. I, I just didn't I, I don't get it at all. I mean, Louisville's opening up as a four, four and a half um you know, five point favorite in all these in all these sports books. It's not like we're talking about a team that's that 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 is significantly better. It's not not to not to overlook Minnesota, Chris, but they are not. Um, you know, I, I think it's a team Louisville actually matches up really well against. So if I mean, if you look at the the ten seeds that Louisville could have been a face up with, you have Florida, um, who I don't know that you really want to see them because I think Mike White is a really underrated coach, and I. Think think he'd be pretty prepared for Louisville. I think that's a team that's probably right. equally matched up with them. And then I don't think you want to see Seton Hall at all. Um, yeah, of course, we talk about how much emphasis there is on guard play in tournament time. And Miles Powell is a guy that can single handedly win a game. He did it against Kentucky already once this season. Um, and Iowa, um, whatever, um, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, I'm so blessed. Is there more generic team in college basketball than Iowa? Probably not. Probably. Um, but the I guess the basis is you didn't really know that you'd have an opponent that Louisville that you could say on paper that you think they're going to win. Um, I, I thought I'd have a little bit more of a 50 50 feeling than I have now, yeah. but I totally expect Louisville to be playing on Saturday with the spot, you know, to go to the second weekend. Yeah. And, and you know, anything can happen. This is just, as I mentioned, you're know, taking a look at the Ken Palm profile for Minnesota, kind of what they do 
Uh, they don't really score very well. <laughs> 54th in offensive efficiently. Um, their effective field goal percentage is 48.3%, which is 284th in NCAA uh, Division One. That's that's not good, Chris. <laughs> uh, they don't particularly shoot them very well from three at 32%. I'm shocked that a team coached by Bettino doesn't score or shoot very well. They don't shoot free throws very well, Chris. They get to the line pretty well. Uh, they're 15th in field free throws attempted over field goals attempted but they shoot just 67.9% from the strike. Uh, They also don't really turn the ball over on defense. They're pretty good outside of that. Um, Not so great at defending the three, not, not good at all. It's just at stealing um, their steal percentage is seven, 7%. So they don't turn the, they don't turn you over sort of similarly to how Louisville does. And then, um, yeah, so it's. They, I mean, they've they, they've had some really bad losses. They they've lost had some Illinois by twenty-seven points. I'm seeing right now they lost to yeah. Rutgers. Um, they had just a dreadful February. Um, sounds pretty familiar in that case. But um, I mean, yeah. this is a this is a. I guess the point is this is a team that wasn't in the tournament maybe two weeks ago, um, and then they kind of got it their act together in Big Ten play. Um, yeah, they beat the Purdue. Tournament. They beat Purdue twice, once uh, toward the second to last game of the season. And then uh, just on Friday in the Big Ten Conference Tournament, Purdue just playing an egg, man. That's a, that's a team I'm not I'm not going to be looking at my bracket. Um, yeah, cool opponents. I guess the, they did play Boston College um, and lost to Boston College. Actually, they did beat Indiana. Bad I Boston think College, yeah. Uh, Michigan State too. Lost yeah, they beat Michigan. Indiana during that that terrible stretch for Indiana. And actually, it was in the midst of a really bad stretch for um, for Minnesota, which is kind of funny. Uh, the, I mean, Minnesota has always been really good at home. Um, so that's I'm seeing some of these wins. You know, they beat Purdue at home. They beat Indiana at home. They beat uh, you know Iowa and Illinois at home. You know, the, the people have always told me that's really tough to play in the barn up there in uh, Minneapolis. So I get it. So I'm not, I kind of can attribute some of that to that. But yeah, I mean, I guess our point is I'm not uh, anyone who's kind of sit here and saying, oh, Louisville got screwed. And then they got to play Michigan State in the second game. Like, I don't I don't see that. I mean, well, every like, time I think of the barn, I got to get this in because I just think of the, the guy <laughs> and the bird, uh, the the chicken costume that was sitting next to Ray Bettino. Um, but oh, yeah, man. Classic. Yeah, I'll always uh, for always will associate that with. And that was one of the first things I guess I thought of when I saw Minnesota, which is kind of funny. But the thing that jumped out to me just beyond like the matchups, we'll talk about Michigan State in just a second. I do want to get in that. I was kind of surprised to see three teams from the ACC and three teams from the Big Ten in the same region. Um, that was interesting. I, I mean, that's that doesn't seem like that would really follow any bracketing principles. Um, as the as an the list was kind of coming out. I didn't expect to see Louisville in that position. Um, after I saw Virginia Tech and Duke, I, I was really surprised to see Louisville's name. I don't know if you you kind of thought that's that's where they would be in the East. Um, I think we yeah, all kind of thought they were seventh seed, but I was a little surprised personally. I, I think I think some of those principles that kind of get tossed out the window once you're past the four seed. Uh, yeah. But no, I agree. I think a, a one versus a four seed being from the same conference that's um, that is that is peculiar. Um, and uh, I don't, I don't know, but it's yeah, you're right. And then you're talking about you, you have uh, you have a three teams from for, you even have a second round matchup, um, you know, a potential second round matchup of Minnesota, and Michigan State from the same conference. or Louisville That's and Michigan odd. State and teams that have played against each other this yeah. season. So no, I mean, I'm just. I'm just creating these points to even further the conspiracy that, you know, that this was kind of orchestrated for Louisville, Minnesota to, to, <laughs> well, to meet up because yeah, I do this, think there's a little things that they kind of been there. Well, I think I wonder, I do wonder, I, I wonder what the, it's kind of a weird, just a weird year in general where it's just like, like, man, like, are, is anyone really going to pick a team outside the top four to, 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 you know, the top, you know, the top, you know, ones and two seeds to win a national champion. Like I, I just, I don't think that's happening. And it's funny. Like I, I saw somebody, I don't recall who said, you know, they're looking at every one seed, like, Oh, every one seed has kind of a dream path uh, to at least the elite eight. But yeah. that's just kind of just cause all the teams are kind of dog crap this year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, there's a, it's a, there's a, there's a, 
there was an argument throughout the season that the gap between the top four teams or, you know, top five or whatever wasn't really that large. And I always never really bought that. Uh, I think Mike DeCourcy was a guy who I saw kind of saying that he thought there were 15, 14 teams that could win a title. And I've never seen that. And just seeing this bracket kind of furthers that. I don't really see any way Duke doesn't win a championship. <laughs> I'm going to be, I mean, given, I mean, given the way that they're playing, I, I don't, I, you, you can't argue against it. I mean, I think given for the sure, draw. yeah, even given the draw, I think for sure the, you know, what you put out the, the statistic that only one year since 2002, the first year that Ken Palm started putting out statistics has a team ranked in the top 20, right? The top 20 of offense top and 20, defense, yeah. not one, uh, the national championship. And I think the only team in these top eight seeds that isn't on that list is Michigan state. And that might've, I mean, that might've changed. That might've changed since they won today. Um, but I agree that one of those top eight teams is going to win national championship. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, 100%. I mean, can kind of get back to a little bit more Louisville. I don't, what's your just overall opinion, I guess, of kind of that pod and a little bit more, I guess, on Michigan State, what you think about that? Well, I think if you're going to take the the two seeds, you know, we're talking about, you know, a lot, you know, the teams that you wanted to play. So I, I didn't want to see Kentucky or Tennessee again. I, I don't know. A Tennessee just, Tennessee didn't, you know, they really laid an egg today. I was kind of shocked at that, to be yeah. quite honest. I wonder how much of that was a real emotional and, and exhausting game against Kentucky. Um, I had that five and a half. You're telling me about shocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think I kind of wanted to see Michigan as the two seed. Um, so I think if I was to rank it, I would, I would have had Michigan state as the two, as the second two seed I would have preferred just, you know, there's some familiarity, but I do want to be clear. I think, I don't know if I'm expecting, I don't, I don't really expect Louisville to make it out uh, after Michigan state, to be quite honest. I just think, I just think Izzo and March as, as corny as that is. And that was just a gutty win for Michigan state, you know, losing yeah. Kyle Aaron's in the middle in a, in a real Kevin Ware type situation. And just getting that out. That's just was, it was super impressive, super impressive. And, um, you know, making that comeback, you know, they were only down, I think eight to 10 at, at, at one point in the second half. Um, but just doing, doing what Michigan state does, you know, rebound, you know, offensive rebounding, um, second chance opportunities, knocking down threes, big, big shots when they needed to take them and, and getting and ones getting to the line. Uh, that's just Tom Izzo basketball. That's Tom Izzo in March. And I, I, I don't really feel great about playing them in this, in the second round. I don't, I don't feel great about that opportunity, um, but you're going to have to play tough teams in Louisville. I think had several opportunities this season to be a six or a five seed um, and, and kind of cement themselves in, you know, losing to Boston college uh, Boston college probably caused them that um, and means they're going to be playing Michigan state um, when they could be playing, uh, you know, when they could be playing a, a four seed instead in the, in the, in the second round, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of absolutely love it, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Louisville is going to be Michigan State, but I do like I definitely like it versus Tennessee. I think Tennessee is a very physical team who would dominate I Louisville. I, um, I think Kentucky is Kentucky and we would probably happen what always happens. with Louisville. There's just juju there. I don't want to deal with. <laughs> I think Michigan is a better defensive team than Michigan state at yes, times. Um, so I think your point about the win today is well taken. I think doing that on a full game is a little bit different than just, you know, having that moment of being able to carry you through. And now they have four days off. Um, teams have a chance to scout against him. Louisville's already familiar with him, obviously. But I, I think when you can take a team that has been as injured as Michigan State and also have, you know, Louisville's had a win over that same Michigan State team, I don't think you can really ask for more out of a 7-2 matchup. Um, I, I think Louisville's a team that struggled with confidence at times these years, uh, at time at time this year. Um, and I don't think they're going to, you know, have that issue against a team that they've already beat. Um, so no, I, I think, think that's, I think that's completely fair. I, I will say it's pretty interesting that Louisville as a seven seed is higher in the Ken Palm than the three seed LSU and the five <laughs> seed Mississippi state than the six seed Maryland. Um, that really, I, I've seen that tweeted and that, that really does stick out to me. Um, that's kind of shows you I, the kind of the depth of this region. No, I think this region, you know, has, has plenty 
plenty of tough teams. And I, I, you know, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of people were talking specifically, we'll get to Kentucky, but talking about, you know, toughness of regions and that, and those related, I don't know. It's every year. I think everyone is so obsessed with toughness and, and I just don't think we talk enough. We just like, you're going to have to play tough teams. That's just yeah. the tournament. That's the yeah. tournament. That's the way it is. I don't, I don't ever, I, I don't have any kind of evidence, but I think my anecdotal evidence of when, when we pencil people in, as like, oh, they've got an easy ride. It tends to always be really rocky. And those tends to be the times sure. where big teams kind of, you know, they, they crap out and they crash out of, of, of easy quote, easy matchups. Um, it's the tournament. Crazy things happen. It's just, you're going to have to play tough teams. You're going to have to play underrated teams that, that give you a tougher game than you're expecting. That's just the way that March Madness rolls. So I, I think I mean, the kind of, Go ahead. If you're looking at it from the perspective of, you know, can Louisville get to a final four um, in this region or something <laughs> that's like that, then, yeah, you're going to have a different opinion. But if you want to look at it from the kind of the reasonable perspective of can Louisville make it to the second weekend, I I think this is the best draw they could have asked for. I really do. I can, um, I can maybe, understand that. I think I would maybe, have rather had Michigan, but I Michigan State is, is there. I think the familiarity is definitely, definitely a factor. And because you get past that and you get the opportunity to play L.A. LSU, Maryland, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't think LSU making it. Uh, yeah, maybe not. But is Maryland <laughs> making it? Are you going to hitch your ride to? I mean, I have yeah. Belmont, Maryland right now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my my trendy pick there. Um, so. I, I don't know, man. Um, this is one of the, the first years I can kind of remember across the board being pretty overall happy with a job that, you know, we can you talk about TCU, um, Clemson, NC State, whatever you want. But overall, I think this is one of the better jobs um, that, that the tournament committee has done. I agree. I think so. I think I think. Um you know, you, when we're talking about team, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the net here in a little bit, but I think especially at the top, I just, I think, I think they nailed the, the top eight seats to be quite honest, I just or the top eight teams. And I think this season, that was what's most important. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've seen, I, I've, I've seen, you know, people are going to say things and, um, but I think when it, when it comes to the end of the day, it, it, it will, it will be shown that they, they did their job. And I think rewarding mid-major teams, uh, for having good seasons, even against bad, you know, against bad conferences. I, I, I appreciate that. Cause I think that's something that's something that we've wanted to see as college basketball fans for a while. Like, yeah, Buffalo is 31 and three and their three losses are to not good teams in a bad conference, but they, they, they won, they won 31 games. games. Yeah, yeah. They won 31 games and the same with Wofford. Um, so, and the same with Belmont to a degree. So I, I just, I, I appreciate the rewarding of those teams. And I think, um, I think they did a good job. I agree. I agree. I thought it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. And just, this is one of those seasons. Uh, obviously we're only talking about, I, I I'm staking my claim that I would take the three ACC teams against the field, <laughs> the three top one seeds against the, from the ACC over the field. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of really fun opportunities for chaos across this bracket. I think it's going to be really, really, really hard year for, for being a bracketologist or, uh, you know, filling out the brackets per se. When you, when you saw that, uh, that beautiful orange Tennessee name pop up, um, playing Colgate um, <laughs> in the first round, and you realize that Kentucky wouldn't be playing in the Yum Center. Uh, what a, what a sigh of relief, Chris! Yeah, <laughs> the blue, the blue, the Smurfs staying out of the city. The city will stay Smurf free. Would love to welcome the the fan bases of Virginia, Tennessee, potentially Absolutely. Purdue and Kansas State to our fine city here. in in, in two weeks, we'll, we'd love to have you. In all seriousness, I do love. I do love when Louisville hosts a regional. I, I I remember the last time they did. I think it was Villanova, the first season Villanova uh, won the title, and it was really fun to like kind of be around. I didn't go to any of the games, but I was hanging out a lot around downtown, going to going to a few bars with some friends, and just met a ton of basketball fans. And just yeah. those are some of the best conversations I've ever had about basketball. Were just fans, people who are just fans of basketball, and they like they they love it on a level that Louisville fans do. So they were totally down for just talking and um, had some good conversations with some Nova fans. And I think Kansas was there that time. So it was a good time, but nonetheless, do you, do you think that that Kentucky loss um, to Tennessee cost them the one seed or do you oh, think yeah. it just cost them? Oh, you, okay. um, 
Because I'm curious that if, you know, kind of Kentucky beat Tennessee and they had the same performance against Auburn today, um, if Auburn was still the SEC title, if they'd be in Louisville or if they would be a one seed. I think I think I think statistically you'd have to say it did. Right. Because because the the committee said that uh, Michigan State beating beating uh, Michigan jumped it over Kentucky. So Kentucky was sixth. And then you could say you say Kentucky wins the SEC title game and they're the fourth one seed. Right. Yeah. I was going to say if they lose the SEC title game, but they beat Tennessee. I think they would be fifth then. I think they'd be the fifth seed because they ended up seventh. So I think they'd be where Tennessee is now. That was the only scenario I was kind of generally curious about um, is and I guess it kind of did play out with Tennessee um, because that's basically it is the same scenario. But I was curious if it, if it would kind of be the same result. And, I, and, I and, do think and hindsight right. hindsight's 2020. But like we're seeing the deference they gave to mid majors. That's one twenty nine, thirty, thirty one games. So yeah. they were going to give deference to Gonzaga, I think. Um, for for winning those games and in Kentucky, um, you know, even I mean, though can, and you can fight that Gonzaga yeah. one seat thing if you want to. I think it's a legitimate thing. I'm just so tired of it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think I, I they win 30 games, but I mean, I wouldn't have been upset if Tennessee was the fourth one seed. I, I mean, I guess kind of. I think it kind of worked out perfectly for Gonzaga. I think if Tennessee wins today. And Gonzaga is the fourth one seed and Tennessee is the the number, you know, the fifth seed overall. I think there's a real argument and I kind of probably would have been on the side of Tennessee just because I just think if I, I just I give deference to them for for their performance against UK. Um, but no, it's it's it kind of worked out perfectly, I think, for Gonzaga. No, we should we should talk about the net rankings. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I basically don't think that anyone in the in kind of the selection room talked about them. Um, that it is sounds my like biggest. It, yeah, it that is my biggest issue with this. Um, and I did say just a second ago that I didn't really have any gripes. But if you do want to have a gripe, let's talk about the terminate committee making their own rankings and basically just kind of ignoring them. I mean, I, you make yeah. the rankings and you pay very little attention to them. Yeah. And like, let's be clear. I, I, we have, you know, just looking at the outline, we have we had a tweet from uh, our good pal at you, UL hot, hot, um, good dude. Uh, we missed it. We missed a tweet caps. Hot, hot. We miss them. Uh, but he put out a, he put out a tweet that said the bubble team net rankings, NC state was number 33rd in the net rankings. They were out. Clemson was number 35 in the net rankings. They were out. TCU was 52nd. They were out. IU was 54th and they were out. But Arizona State was 63rd and they were in and St. John's was 73rd and they were in. I think my issue, Chris, is more with the teams that were in than the teams that were out because NC State has a god awful um, out of conference uh, strength of schedule. Um, Clemson just you just didn't win enough games. I think Um, IU I don't think deserved it. TCU. I, I don't know. I'd have to look more of their team sheet, I, but, but my, I, I didn't watch a whole, I have to admit, I didn't watch a whole lot of big 12 basketball outside of Kansas and Kansas state and Texas. TCU Texas. had a lot of opportunities and they had a yeah, lot of, I think so. Up. And pretty much every game I watched them, it felt like they were just blowing leads. Um, so I'm probably feel the same about Louisville. It's funny to say that, but um, <laughs> it, it kind of felt that way, but yeah, man, um, the Pac-12 getting three teams in and Arizona State, that's, I guess, being the third one is probably the biggest thing. Right? I think that is for me. It's just bananas. That's just bananas to me. I, I think the, the 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 Pac-12 was garbage all season. When your champion is 51st, 51st in Ken Palm, like, just get out of here. Get out of here with that. They weren't good. They, Isn't the this Pac- the second time that, that Hurley has kind of gotten the tournament on one of the last four in, I think? For I Arizona so. State, I'm yeah, pretty sure that what, was the, the case lo- last year when they were really hot at the beginning of the season, and they just trashed down the stretch. Yeah, it was. It, I believe it was. And man, it's just—I don't know. I don't know. It's just—I'm I'm, taking—I I just pulled out Washington on accident. Um, but just you know, taking a look at Arizona, like who? Some of the teams that they lost to this season, Chris, Washington State. By 21 points. At who is home. maybe uh, maybe the worst team in college basketball. <laughs> I, seriously, I watched him. Oh, they Ca- may have been throughout the season. California was bad. I get California that. California wants Washington State game and in the Pac-12 tournament. My Lord, dude. That's, they lost that's probably the, the game I watched this season. They lost to Vanderbilt uh, by 
15 or 16 points. They lost to Princeton at home by one. It was close. Uh, they lost to Utah by 10 points. Uh, just some garbage losses, Chris. Some garbage I losses. Get, like, having the problem with the with the teams that did get in and not the ones that get in. But if you make these rankings, you make this uh, this mathematical formula that you won't tell anyone about. I think you just have to pay a little bit more credence to it. I hear you with NC State. I hear the the non conference thing, but I mean the NC State Clemson game really felt like it felt like the team that wins this team is going to get into yeah. the NCAA tournament, and I. And that that does, that does bother me. I'm not going to sit here and make a, a you know impassionate plea for either one of those teams, but I will make an impassionate plea for one of those teams over Arizona State. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and this is and I, I I tweeted out Matt Norlander had a had a a thread earlier today, and his biggest question was how was the committee going to use the net rankings? And I don't know, man. I think. I don't know. I know they usually do some like interviews afterward. They did an interview. The the committee chairman did an interview on CBS. But, you know, those guys aren't going to ask the tough questions. that I think some of the college basketball media will. So I think he's got this. Uh, this uh, committee director um, has a has a meeting later today uh, to to be asked questions. And I fully expect them to ask about the net ranking because it just didn't feel like they used it. Yeah. And maybe that's I mean, a first time thing. And that's why I just kind of I kind of didn't get. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just I I don't get just, why the committee is, is full of these athletic directors when they don't really like know anything. Yeah, but. it's just going to bother me because at this point next year, suddenly it's going to be all about the net rankings. It's going to have a system under its belt and then we're going to use them to validate everything. And it's just the consistency part that bothers me the most. Chris, some breaking um, news. I got to break yeah, some news for you. I, I see it. I think I know what you exactly what 12, you're going to say. 15 Louisville will face yeah. off the very first game in March Madness. Wow. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to leave work. <laughs> last time Louisville played the very first game of March Madness was Moorhead State. So, oh, uh, no, Chris. That is not a great omen. There will be a lot of people calling in to work on Thursday. Thursday oh. at 12, 15 p.m. Um, so, yeah, I mean, go ahead and get your get your sick notes in. Um <laughs> Because that's probably going to be a very uh, not word day for a lot of people in the city. Oh my lord! I like my heart sunk. <laughs> I want no part of it. I want no part of it. You oh, got to set that vacation day up way in advance, dude. Man, you got to get. Out. I've been out that in three months. I requested off for the for the for the Thursday. Took that vacation day. Oh God. Oh man, I, I, we're keeping this in because I'm just like having a mini heart attack right now. <laughs> so it's uh, it's uh, Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller on the call. Oh God, Reggie Miller on the call too. You know, Reggie you know Miller this started Knicks watching fan college basketball like two weeks ago. So. You know, this Knicks fan <laughs> loves that one, man. <laughs> I've been seeing a meme floating around the internet that has the the Lakers logo, um, and it says NIT bid accepted. So that's that's not really the the happiest thing for me to talk about right now. Ending I'm, taking LeBron, half, I'm taking a half day Thursday. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> so the slate, um, Minnesota Louisville is the first game of, of, I guess, the tournament. Yale, LSU, New Mexico State, Auburn, uh, Vermont, Florida State, Bradley, Michigan State, and then a lot of things after that. So, yeah, man. First game of the NCAA tournament. That's something. All right, we got we got to move on. We got <laughs> um, Were you surprised that? So I watched some of the Calipari interview, and I didn't see a single person ask him about not getting in Louisville. And I think outside of, I, I guess, just kind of like locally, outside of Louisville, Minnesota, which is going to be you know a massive storyline just because Patino thing. I think Kentucky not getting in the Louisville region is kind of one of the bigger stories, Loki. Like, oh, I, yeah, and I was no really surprised that he didn't get asked about that. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I. I you you sometimes wonder. I think I almost wonder if, and we uh, some people tweeted back at me when I I kind of responded yesterday that I thought Kentucky losing might make them more opt to to get a uh, more opted to get a a the Louisville regional. But some people kind of respond like, "Hey, wouldn't that like be really rough for the one seed?" I don't know how much of that they take into account, Chris. I mean, do, yeah. do you is that is that part of it? I don't know. Maybe. So, yeah, I don't know, it, but I think you're right. You're right. It is. It is 100 percent a story locally. It's 
certainly a story for local businesses who, man, that would have been great for them. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, sorry to the local businesses. I'm very happy that Kentucky will not be invading Louisville this week, but, um, yeah, you definitely, they definitely wanted that going on. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of shocked to see that. And I thought for sure, um, that Kentucky would be match up in Duke's region. I just thought that was a thing that was going to happen, which would have been for for, yeah. I mean, it would have been a great, great opportunity. Great game. I'm not gonna, you know, be jealous of North Carolina, Kentucky either. I think that'll be another great matchup. What is your overall opinion, I guess, of kind of that region? No, I, I think I, I think North Carolina is still to me one of I mean, I mean, Duke's probably the what the hottest team in the country now at this point, we can say, but I think North Carolina was, you know, very, very close to beating Duke uh Friday night. So I, I think that those teams are are still very, very close on Washington. I saw some people act very happy that they get to play North Carolina again. I think that North Carolina team that they played in December is very different than the one that they would get uh, on March 31st in Kansas City. Uh, I mean, my, that's the same North Carolina team that Louisville beat by, by 20 at Chapel Hill. Yeah. That's not so, the same team at all. Kobe White's playing on a different level. Let's 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 quiet down the, the yeah. Let's let's quiet that down there. Let's let's put that. Pat I there. just find it. I mean, I find it very like comedic that a lot of these Kentucky fans were so pompous about their draw when it's the same team that lost to Kansas State last year when they had to walk to the Final Four. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, at this point, to be that excited about anything, I'd be cautiously optimistic if I were Kentucky fans. You do have a, something you wanted to talk about with the, with the Cal interview doing the All-Star uh, jerseys behind yeah. him. So I did not see this, but I read this, and it just delighted me. He had, I think he had all of the, uh, all of the guys who made the All-Star team this season. Um, and I, there was a Cousins jersey there. I couldn't tell if it was All-Star. But clearly the Davis jersey was there and uh, the John Wall jersey. And there are all these all-star. There was a Cousins jersey as well. And like they also the thing about it, Chris, is like they looked clearly placed there, except for except for the John Wall jersey that was on uh, that was on the wall. And I, now I've got to like I, I'm, I've got to pull it up and like a look. Um, but yeah, no, clearly well, going back to college now. So, I mean, you got, you got to make, yeah, sure man. I mean, he's got way. time. He's got time to kill now, but no, legit. And, okay. So I'm looking, I'm looking at a picture posted by someone that I had recalled. Yeah. So he's got the John wall Jersey on the wall and then he's got a DeMarcus cousins Jersey. It doesn't look like an all-star Jersey. It's like a weird black and red Jersey, another John wall Jersey, and then a Anthony Davis Jersey that clearly is like an all-star game, um, type Jersey. And, they're they're just kind of like set behind him. So it's clearly like he's like, oh, I need to set up my living room for an interview. Let me just toss these jerseys I have in my hey, garage. See, man. <laughs> Always be closing. Always be closing. I'm a Always. little bit, I, I'm kind of interested. This is like a short aside that if the 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 sale for Kentucky, like the recruiting sale is going to shift over the next couple of years. If it's going to be like the PJ Washington model, like, you know, stay a year and prove your stock. Um, and you know, maybe go win a title. Um, yeah. And, and have two years rather than the whole, let's get you into the league as quick as possible because you know, Cal's not exactly su- exceeding uh, yeah. with those guys. Chris, Dude's I dropped, I dropped the image there in the, uh, in the show notes just so you could see just oh, swaggy Cal. Beautiful. Um, who who always comes into this ESPN interview? That jersey looks like an intermural. Jersey. It does. Like, it looks like like a like a, a big baller brands like yeah. <laughs> jersey. But he always comes into this ESPN interview like ready to complain, and yeah. he just had no business. And the ESPN guys called him out on it, which is so great. They were just like, "You have no business complaining. What, what are you going to complain about?" <laughs> that though like what does that accomplish other than just cal being cal is there i i don't think i think he's a very similar to patino where he doesn't really say anything for no reason so i feel like there's some reason he feels he needs to say those things but i don't really know what that is i think it's i don't know i think it's i think it's sort of akin to the technicals things that he does not to yeah. not to, uh, to 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 have like a great segue to the, the next thing I wanted to talk about, but just to yeah, I think it's kind of like, hey, like I keep getting you guys keep shafting me, so like the next time around you have to be nice to me, or the next opportunity yeah. to be nice you will have to be nice to me. So I don't, I don't know. I think I think Cal like Patino kind of 
has to have an underdog mentality. I think Agreed. they're a lot better in those positions. I think both of those guys um, need that so that they kind of play that up as much as possible. That would be my reasoning. But I, I guess, I guess my point is, I just don't think it's ever really helped him. I don't think you know. No, I don't. He well, he got to join. He got to join the uh, the committee that helped make some of the changes to the bracketing process. That's interesting. Um, that he he kind of led some committee that I don't I don't really recall if there's anything super big that came out of it. Um, That's how Nickel did work for him against Tennessee, though. Oh yeah, he had ten minutes. Yeah, we'll talk about it. So yeah, which I think John, someone else got the technical. One of the assistants got the technical. Um, so yeah, it, but it worked, I and mean, this happens all the time. Calipari always gets the technicals, and it works out for him. And so for ten, you know, immediately, you know, there was a bad call made, right? That was like a that we could we can agree that Grant Williams kind of uh, made the best of a of getting bumped, and that resulted in in a technical and some shots. Uh, the officiating down the stretch on both sides of that game was just yeah, and then awful. instantly the officiating just got super bad, and it just got super tight. And I think they eased up like the last two three minutes, which really allowed that game to to breathe and the guys to kind of make really big shots. And it, it was really fun for that last three minutes. But you had like ten minutes of it just being so terrible. It was so garbage. And and I think and honestly, it was really funny. Um, as I think Tennessee, some of the Tennessee coaches started making kind of kind of making a, a, a motions to the referee and kind of saying, you can't let you can't let Cal get get the best of this, you know, and I saw yeah, Rick Barnes I mean, a few times going up to the referees and was just like, uh, if he's going to do that, I'm going to do it, too. <laughs> yeah. There were even a few exchanges like throughout the game with Rick Barnes and Calipari, which was kind of funny. Um, but like the moment he got that technical, it was like he did the next few times on the floor they were going to get a call um so i just thought that was you know it, it was it was he's really good at working the officials always has he's been good at working um, officials he's done it several times over the years i've never every time he kind of gets a technical um i've always yeah. kind of been like oh well here it comes and uh yeah that's it's been fun it's been fun so, another piece we'll of see. kind of breaking breaking news here um there's a multiple people have kind of pointed this out. Rick Pitino does have games in Greece um, next week. Um, yes. And kind of a lot of people kind of confirm that they don't expect him to attend. So, you know, take that as you will. Maybe that just means he's going to attend. Um, but I never really thought he would attend, but that. yeah, he has a game on Wednesday, I believe. And, and Jody Demling, who uh, he says he had multiple sources. I'm going to guess the sources were his family, to be quite honest, yeah. just given it's how well probably connected Jody Patino is. Himself. Yeah, yeah. How how connected Jody is with the Patino kind of family and or in uh you know the, the tree around him, his his entourage around him. I would expect that to be the case. Uh, and yeah. honestly, and I kind of said it, I just have this kind of feeling that I don't know if Rick would want to take the shine away from his son by showing up. Is that weird? Oh, that I, I, kind of about, that? I don't know about that. You're talking about the guy who released the <laughs> statement at 6 p.m. when David Padgett got. No, I don't know about that at all. I, <laughs> okay, I think maybe you know, not that. Totally. That's not like, I, I, I think that I think that it would make him anxious. And I think that's why he wouldn't show up. But I, I don't, don't think, think that would be the reason. Yeah, I don't think he show up, I guess. You're right. You're right. But I do. I do think he would decide that he couldn't handle it. Yeah. I, I mean, he couldn't handle post-game pressers at Rep Arena, so I don't think he would be able to handle uh, being in this kind of precarious situation. Do you think, though, I, I know this is going to get missed um, because the storyline is just going to be Latino-based, but do you think that really plays a part in the outcome of the game? Do you think these added distractions are something that's really going to be a distraction, or do you think Max is going to allow it to be a distraction, or do you think it even matters even if it is a distraction? I don't think it's going to be a distraction at all. I think, um, I mean, what? I, I mean, uh, some of these guys, I, I don't know if they have relationships with Richard Pitino, but some of these, it wouldn't be a stretch to say that some of them don't, you know, I mean, VJ King, Ryan McMahon, some of those guys, they, they obviously know of him. Yeah. So what, I mean, if we're looking at the starting lineup, the guys who, I mean, even Rick, Rick Pitino proper, like, so what yeah, Enoch, um, it was it was I mean, I guess I mean, the starters were, but like they're almost two years. I mean, they're what, like, yeah, they're what, like, uh, you know, 18, 
removed from it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like 20, you know, 20 months removed from having real contact with Rick Pitino. Yeah. You know, so like it's not, uh, it's, I, I don't, I don't buy, I, I don't buy that it's like, oh, I'm facing my old coach's son. And also, like, who thinks that? <laughs> I don't think, I don't think no, anyone's I, thinking about that. I, I don't, I don't either. But I mean, as much as we talked about mentality, toughness and things of that nature with this group, I do think it's something worth pointing out. No, I completely agree. I think, and I, I've, you know, I do, th- you know, more teams play the pack line in, in the big 10. So I, I saw some jokes. I was like, Oh, no point in Rick Pitino watching tape. Cause he's so terrible against the pack line defense. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, maybe Rick watches some tape. I don't think, but I don't think that's like, I don't think that's quite the advantage at this point that anyone's going to feel like, yeah, having a hall of fame coach and watching tape is a good advantage, but it's not like he's intimately under, it's not yeah, like I mean, he's talking about the, the system completely differently. Yes. He knows a few tendencies of Darius Perry. He yes. knows a few tendencies of DJ King. And that's probably about it. It's not, this and wouldn't I mean, be, it, it's not like Minnesota is playing Syracuse and Patino can intimately talk about Bayheim zone, you know, and like, and how they, yeah, and I don't think it's to the level of like, you know, how you have like an offensive coordinator with an NFL team and he leaves, exactly. um, and is a head coach at a different team. I don't know that it's to that level, but I, I don't know. It, it's kind of curious to me. No, it's, it, it is curious. And it's, I mean, it's going to be all everyone talks about and it's going to be all that's talked about during the game broadcast. So I hope everyone's ready for it. Um, but I don't think, I don't think it goes much beyond that. So yeah. do you have something about Keon Bruce? I wanted to, to talk, talk about, about Keon Bruce really quick because Keon Brooks committed to Kentucky. Congrats to Kentucky. I think now they're, I think ESPN was like the only, uh, the only service that had them under Louisville. Uh, in team rankings. I think they're over Louisville now. Like, so congrats to Kentucky finally having a better class um, unquestionably than Louisville. It only took them until the middle of March. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I just want to say Keon Brooks, he, uh, he committed to Louisville and he talked about uh, here. He tweeted a image. I have this image pulled up um, and it's an image of him. And I think, someone else who maybe is committed, maybe Deontay Allen. Um, and then on the left, a gentleman uh, who unmistakably looks like Bryson Tiller down to the wrist tattoo. It's disgusting. And Chris, I want to be clear that Bryson Tiller is not a Kentucky fan. Uh, the last time he played in Louisville, he wore a Louisville Jersey. He is not a Kentucky fan. And I broke my rule of not tweeting at recruits to point this out because it's garbage. It's garbage that Keon Brooks is trying to take credit for this. I will not have it. I will not accept it. Um, he's lucky that he's pl- lucky to playing in Rupp uh, this coming season because I, mean, I would I would bring a sign that says Tiller likes Louisville, does not like Kentucky. So, um, well, Bryce yeah. Tiller needs to drop some music. Let me let me say that real quick because it's been a long hiatus and I feel that needs to happen pretty soon. I think it's coming. I'm um, pretty sure he kind of he kind of talked about it. But th- listen, the man didn't the man didn't write uh, Kentucky come up. He wrote 502 come up. Let's be clear. Childhood. Yeah, it, it's pretty ridiculous. I don't know if this will be a thing like going forward to. I feel like this could be something that like other recruits would latch on to. And I, <laughs> if that happens, we ride in the streets of like yeah, we'll ride. We'll ride in the street. And yes, he. Yes. OK. He talked about two keys. He talked about that in one song. Right. Wow. He's a musician. He travels. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's just baloney um, bullshit. <laughs> man, watching that. Watching Auburn win the SEC championship the entire time, I was just thinking about this could have been Louisville. They could have just went, you know, <laughs> F-U-N-C-A. We're not going to fire anybody. We're going to take these recruits. We're not even going to talk about it. And I'm just like, it's working out for Auburn right now. And it, yeah, really, really, really funny. I had a really weird feeling watching that game. I think eventually it's going to catch up with them. But man, like it's so weird to see guys like Dick Vitale who want to talk about, you know, kind of the sanctity of the game. Just get on. Love Bruce Pearl. And a lot of these guys that just credited him with the success of doing it. I thought it was really weird to see. Did you have like an opinion of that? Have you noticed any of that to see like all these analysts just, I guess since they won the SEC championship, giving Bruce Pearl so much credit and just completely ignoring what is happening there. 
Yeah, it's been really weird. It's been I completely agree with you, especially when you compare it to how people have talked about um, Sean Day or um, Sean Miller and uh, yeah. Wade <laughs> and even even I mean, I mean, I guess you could probably put a, uh, you can probably build self more on the uh, the camp with um, sure, with yeah. Bruce Pearl. But no, I completely agree with you. It's 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 just really odd. And um I, I don't know, man. Like, I think it's it's one of those kind of basketball fraternity type things. Like, Will Wade is probably an outsider to the good old boys club. And so they're not going to talk as much about they'll talk more about Will Wade than they will Bruce Pearl or Bill Self or even to a degree, Sean Miller. You know, he's kind of always been kind of a weird guy. I think, you know, people yeah. always joke about the sweatiness and stuff. Um, so uh, but I mean, this school gave Bruce Pearl an extension and he hasn't even talked to the NCAA or the school about it. I just find it oh, remarkable. Yeah. Um, the Will Wade thing is also interesting because there's a lot of guys out there that don't really have a good opinion of Will Wade. I have found out. I heard Bill uh, Bob Albano talking about that. And so yeah, I think you're did. correct on that, uh, the assumption that he is kind of shut out. People are OK. People are OK. Putting Will Wade out to pasture. It's uh, it's pretty clear. And I, I, I don't you know. Yeah, sure. He may have, quote unquote, done some things, but I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Chris, you know, I think we're, we're wrapping this one up. Do we you know, we've only had the brackets for like two hours now, uh, but I'd love to get a final four and a champion from you. Uh, you right now I have Duke. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> OK, I have I have, Duke. You, while you're uh, going, I'm going to get ready. <laughs> So I have Duke. I think they had a tremendous draw. Uh, really, I think taking Duke to the Final Four is kind of a no-brainer. Texas Tech, too. I think they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. Um, Kim Palm actually has them ahead of Virginia. They have had them through most of the season. Um, well, maybe that's changed now. No, it's still the way. So, yeah, um, I like them a lot. I love North Carolina. I don't think there's been a team playing better down the stretch in North Carolina. And then I think for the fourth, I'm just going to roll with Virginia. Um, I, I think it's going to be a weird thing yeah. to see that happen. But I think, I think the 16 seed thing is going to kind of fuel the team. And I I do think they're, they're one of the, you know, four or five best teams in the country. And it, it does kind of feel kind of chalky. Um, so, you know, maybe ask me on Wednesday, my opinion is going to be different. <laughs> I have Duke, Duke putting the nets down. I just, I, I yeah. think the best team, best player, best coach. Yeah. Right I'll, now. I'll so. spoil mine. I think, I think I, I agree with you. I just, I don't, I don't see how Duke loses this thing. They're they are a Death Star at full capacity, and uh, I I just don't see how they how they're not winning. Uh, they're not cutting the nets down in Minneapolis, uh, so they're definitely making the final four for me. Um, I'm gonna roll with Gonzaga. I think uh, I, I think I liked how they played. I mean, they they they're the only team to uh, to beat Duke, or you know, I, I really think to to kind of get the best out of Duke and beat them. To be honest, I think every time Duke is lost, you can kind of point to a reason. Um, and I think that do they had that classic and I, I do want to see a rematch of that game in the final four. And I think we'll get it um, in the Midwest. Give me North Carolina. I just I still think they're I know I have, I have three one seeds right now. I promise that like someone's not going to be a one seed. <laughs> I have three um, North Carolina. I, I think they're they're still one of the hottest teams in the country and just coming that close against Duke doesn't, doesn't take much away from me. I think they can uh, expose some issues with Kentucky. And I also, there's another opportunity there for some revenge. It's like we said, I think that's a completely different North Carolina team. It's a completely different team. I don't think, I don't think that Kentucky, especially with how up and down um, Ashton Higgins has been, I I don't think they can handle North Carolina. And then in the South, I'm not picking Virginia. This is going to be a Gonzaga situation for Virginia for the rest of the time. I'm not picking them to make the final four until they do it. Uh, So give me Tennessee. I think, I think, I think Tennessee, they kind of laid an egg today, which is shocking to me. I completely agree. Uh, But I think that, I think that was more of a operative of playing Kentucky. And I just um, I think it's either going to be, you know, Virginia or Tennessee. I think they'll play there. Um, But I just I love senior leadership. I love and I don't um, you know, I I love seeing two guys and Admiral Schofield and and Grant Williams. I've enjoyed watching them all year. I think they're probably my two like Tennessee's honestly been my favorite team outside of Louisville, um, outside of the ACC to watch just in general. I just really enjoy the way they play, really enjoy um, um, kind of their style and how physical they play. So I'm going to I'm going to take them to make the final four and give me, you know, 
hell, man. Let's just go. Let's go Duke, North Carolina four in the final. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I have Duke, UNC for, you know, round four. Um, man, how good was that I game, though? That, how good was that game on Friday? That, that was one of the better games. It was the best game I've seen this season. It's one of the better 100%. games I've seen in a while. To be honest with you, I I will get to a few other things before we get out of here. I don't like the Murray State Marquette pick. I think that's going to be a trendy pick. Um, People are going to pick Murray State to be Marquette, and I don't like that at all. I think Marquette kind of wins, and I think they win rather comfortably in that game. Um, I I mean, Marcus Howard, Morant's going to be great. Um, But I, I just. No, I'm with you. And another thing, I'm not sure that I. I'm not sure that I buy into the Iowa State sleeper thing. Um, I've seen them play a few times. I mean, they did win the the Big 12 championship, not taking that away from them. I'm just not crazy about that, personally. They always um, have, like, and also just to kind of mention it, and, and one thing. It when seems I was like they always get talked as, as a sleeper team, but they actually are never a sleeper team. They always, like, that, that team that was supposed to be a great sleeper team got beat by UAB. Yeah, how many times? I mean, what the Georgia's Niangs teams like those? Like, there's like three times they're like, "Oh, Iowa State," and then they just crashed out with like with like a a, a whimper. And I completely agree with you. They're they're another one of those teams. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Yeah, I I think the 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 Houston team there is dangerous. Um, I I I just don't love. I just don't love how they didn't they didn't show up really against Cincinnati. I don't love it. I know you've been on the Houston bandwagon for a little bit. I think one yeah. team, one team I'm really kind of keying in on is Nevada. Um, yeah, they you know, they lost some disappointing games, but I think they match up really well against a Michigan team, especially because Nevada is just so they're so effective offensively, and um, you know a Michigan team that, that plays really good defense, but they can't keep up on offense. Um, if you can score on them, you're they're gonna you're gonna have a hard time. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I mean, the scenario for Michigan will definitely be them not being able to score enough points. They're a great defensive team, but um, I'm sure we're going to have much more of this. I think we're going to record again on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I think we, we, we have want a to do a more in-depth kind of uh, look at the matchups, um, kind of talk specifically about Louisville. But I think we'll also probably have a more in-depth kind of bracket type of show then. And uh yeah, and then we'll, we'll have a lot of time Thursday night to record because the game will be over by 2.30. <laughs> it's so weird, man, because it's like oh. it's like an all or enough situation. Like, you can't just go to sleep if Louisville loses. You gotta you have to power on through the rest of the day, whether you're at work or, you know, whatever. So it, it, it needs to be a victory. The city of Louisville desperately needs that one to be a W. I don't feel good about it at all. I, I was really <laughs> hoping it was going to be an afternoon. I also don't feel good about it if you're in Michigan State because they're going to play at like three o'clock and they just played, you know, they just finished playing at six o'clock today. Um, yeah, they have the shortest stretch of almost anybody. I, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would wait Thursday. Sure. I don't know if Cincinnati and uh, I don't know when Cincinnati plays what day, but um, even that game finished up before, you know, the, yeah. the Big Ten championship. So, yeah, you got anything else? No, I do not. I think uh, this is the most fun time of the year. Good luck to everyone filling out their brackets. That's for sure. (laughs) It's a good day. It's a good day. It feels so much better. Uh, And thanks, Chris, for joining me. Thanks for everyone for listening to another episode. And we will see you later this week. Go Cards.